0: Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Do you know where you are? You're in a dream. Would you like to wake up from this dream? Have you ever questioned the nature of your
1: reality? Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew Westworld episode review. If you're new here, we are your hosts. I'm Jason Pistorino.
0: And I'm Christina Lomingino.
1: And you guys out there are now officially Clatchers. And tonight we bring ourselves back online to give you an instant coffee episode of Westworld's season two premiere, Journey into Tonight.
0: Directed by Richard J. Lewis, who you may remember from episode 102, Chestnut, and written by Lisa Joy and Robert Patino. This episode is an instant coffee, and if you're not familiar with what that means, it's basically just our instant takes, our reaction to the episode. We try to keep it brief. We're going to talk about the questions we had leaving off season one, which ones have been answered by the season premiere, and definitely the new questions that we have ongoing. And we're going to hit some of the major plot points. We'll save our in-depth, scene-by-scene analysis, as well as the fun facts, the Clatchers' comments, and our overall ratings for our full review, which will be out in a couple of days. Now, we're only doing an instant coffee, a second episode for this season premiere. Every other episode, we're only going to do the full review coverage. But we kind of figured we would have a lot to talk about with the premiere, and I think we do. So let's just start with our overall thoughts.
1: Well, to prepare for this episode, I've been looking back at past notes, And I looked at the dates, and I realized in 2017, we did not do one Westworld episode.
0: We've been on a long hiatus from this show.
1: So of course, I forgot some of the details. So I watched the season over again, and I went over my notes, and I quickly remembered how much I love this show. And then I quickly realized why I made myself forget. Because I knew I had to wait so long to get the answers of, what happens next? Is Ford really dead? Now what are the hosts going to do? And this season opener made it a point to start to explain to us what's going on, but also say, hey, guess what? We're going to give you a thousand more questions for you to (laughs) ponder for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, let me refresh you with our main questions coming off of the episode 10 last season. Number one was, is Ford really dead? Was that human Ford? Does he have a host version of himself? Will he live on in some way? Will we see Anthony Hopkins in season two? Number two was what is Delos' big plan? What are they doing with this host? How much larger does the world get? We knew there would be some other parks out there. We had talks about Samurai World, Roman World, Medieval World. We know from this episode there's at least six, right? Because Stubbs says Park Six.
1: Yeah, and we even had a Clatcher tweet. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be so meta if there was a world called... Ice and Fire, (laughs) and it was actually Game of Thrones, and they walked through it, and you would see the real actors there, but they would just be walking through it because they're trying to get to another zone or something. That would be hilarious.
0: That's amazing. Unfortunately, I did hear some talks that I don't think we're going to get Roman or Medieval World, but it seems pretty definite we're getting Samurai World. We also asked, where in the world is Delos? Where is this park located? And we had speculated a lot that it was an island, but again, in this episode, that was confirmed.
1: Yes, it was confirmed that it was in the same island that Jurassic Park was filmed. (laughs) And that is also one of the worlds.
0: (laughs) But what's going on in the larger world is still a question. And lastly, we had also wondered about some of our characters where they had wound up, including Elsie, Stubbs, and Peter Abernathy. Also questions answered in this episode. So that was really exciting for me to see. We always say the hallmarks of a good show. They answer enough questions for you, especially season to season, but open up new ones to always keep you excited. Speaking of excited, I want to back it up just for a second to say that HBO opening was amazing. If you didn't tune in till exactly nine o'clock, you're probably not going to know what we're talking about, but HBO just killing it.
1: They were always so good with that. And it does help that they have such a big library of awesome TV shows. I remember back when Sopranos was going and they did their montage of shows then But that's exactly what they did here, but with even more visual effects. And I was like, oh, yeah, HBO. I love HBO. I forgot how much.
0: They also altered the opening to this show a bit, and we will get more into that in the full review. But there's been some changes, and I think that's definitely going to signify what's important for season two. We also know the major theme. We found out that each season has a title unto itself. So season one was the maze and season two is the door. HBO says the reckoning is here. After finding the center of the maze, the hosts revolt against their human captors while searching for a new purpose, the door. And that is referenced several times most key with the conversation between the man in black and the Ford host child, whatever we want to call him. So we left off last season knowing that there were some major points that we were going to delve deeper into here. What does it mean for hosts to become conscious The two creators of our park, Arnold and Ford, had sort of different ideas about that. Arnold thought that the first step to consciousness was their memories and being able to learn from their mistakes, whereas Ford thought suffering was the key insight that would lead the host to their awakening. He believed they needed time to understand their enemy and become stronger, and this led him to his new narrative, his final story, Journey Into Night, and thus our title here, And he ended that by saying he was composing a new story for them. It begins with the birth of a new people and the choices they will have to make. The people they will decide to become. So we're picking up with that here. The hosts are rebelling. They are learning their enemy. They are overcoming. But what, if anything, will they become? That created massive confusion for me Hmm. by the end of the episode.
1: And we now know we're living Ford's new narrative. All last season, all the major players were asking Ford, For the new narrative. Where's the new narrative? We need it. Well, he gave it to you. You're not going to like it, but it's here. And it seems like the major player or the main storyline will be based off of The Man in Black, according to Ford Jr.,
0: Yes, but I think we also get who the big characters, the players for the season are going to be because they distributed this episode between just a few points of view. We start and end with Bernard with a mix of him in the present to flashing back to the past. And that's how we get the info on what happened that night. We also see Dolores on her journey with Teddy, the man in black, as you said, and Maeve, who has Lee Sizemore in tow. I love that pairing.
1: Yes, and I want to be very careful to not start overanalyzing and coming up with theories so early.
0: Oh, come on. Isn't that what CKC is about?
1: (laughs) But I do have to say, from this point, it looks like Maeve still is the one in most control, or at least most there mentally. As opposed to Dolores, who at this point, I want to stress that, seems to be more psychotic, more revenge-driven.
0: Yeah, I mean, she does say at one point she's trying to find her own personality, build a construct that she can own. She's not following the Dolores storyline or the Wyatt storyline. But in fact, the majority of this episode, doesn't it seem like she is following the Wyatt storyline of just killing all the humans that get in her way? And she even ends off by saying they don't have to just conquer this world. She knows there's a greater human world outside of here, and they'll have to take that too. Oh,
1: boy. Her aspirations are very large Yikes! and very scary. And I don't know if I could be on par with that much as far as being on their side. That, I think, is one of the emotions we will feel as we get into the meat of this season. Maybe we're going to start having inner monologue battles of who is the good guy.
0: I don't even know if it'll be so much battles anymore. Season one, we were almost solely empathizing with the hosts and what was being done to them. And so we did speculate that season two would be more about empathizing with the humans. We hadn't seen anything of the larger world or really what was going on with the people except the very few visitors that came to the park. The man in black, William. So I wonder now if we will get the perspective from two sides of the coin with the hosts. People like Dolores that are off on a mission and maybe it's hard to get on board with that. And people like Maeve, whose focus is a lot more narrow. She just wants to find her daughter. And we can certainly feel for that, right?
1: Yes, and let's keep in mind that she's kind of superhuman at this point. She has her intelligence cranked up, her fighting skills. She's got the cheat code right now, and she's basically unstoppable.
0: And yet she did seem more human than Dolores.
1: Absolutely. She
0: even perhaps showed empathy to Lee. She kept saying she wasn't, and yet she kept saving him and keeping him along with her.
1: Yeah, that's one of the emotions we're going to have to learn about Maeve, is this really empathy. Because we know that there is value in keeping Lee with her. She wants to find her daughter. And then the next question will be, will her daughter remember her?
0: And Lee seems to think not.
1: Well, there's a lot of things that Lee doesn't realize is going on.
0: But she also went back to Hector, and she seems to maintain some level of caring and relationship with him.
1: But again, because she needs him right now, that could be the counter argument. We don't really know the full meaning of the way she's acting right now.
0: No, absolutely not. That's just the feeling that I get from watching her. But I would say probably most confusing of all is Bernard. And I'm so happy to see that he's coming back front and center. I didn't know what role he would play in season two. He gives us the introduction to a new character, Carl Strand, head of operations, which does open our world up a little bit larger. We know that the board is there to investigate what has happened and clean up the mess. They are executing any hosts that are left over, and they're trying to get to the bottom of it by questioning him. This also leads us to another major breakthrough. It seems as though we have learned what a host brain looks like.
1: Yeah, that was very cool. And the liquid around it, we're quickly learning how important that is.
0: It's their version of blood or some type of life-sustaining fluid.
1: Maybe it's some kind of coolant.
0: Well, that could be. But we get a couple shots of them kind of investigating that, removing it in the beginning, plugging it into the iPad. And later on, when Bernard is with Hale, those drone hosts Mm -hmm. are running the scans on it. So that's another interesting thing we didn't know about.
1: And it's so different to see Bernard looking at hosts with such fear. This is so unknown for him.
0: It was almost like levels, though, a light bulb in his head was going off the way the humans look at hosts such as Bernard even though most of them don't know he is Bernard is now finally seeing another being that he is looking at that way. Something that is maybe different or on another level than himself. And it seemed like it was very hard to come to terms with that.
1: There's a lot of things that he's having issues coming to terms with.
0: Oh boy, can we talk for a second about that? What is going on with this critical malfunction he's experiencing?
1: Well, we noticed when he was thrown down, he felt something, he put his finger in his ear, and instead of blood coming out, it was that liquid that we were just introduced to outside at the beach. And of course, this was in the past. We're having, again, uh, just like last season, we're having two time frames during this episode. That liquid, presumably, is still coming out. And that's why he started to malfunction.
0: So you think that's natural? Because something came up on the iPad when he was running a scan on himself. And I don't know the exact wording, something along the lines of death sequence?
1: No, I don't think it's natural. I, I, I don't think that's supposed to happen to them. But I think...
0: Oh, I don't mean natural, but did somebody initiate that? Or was it a result of his accident?
1: That I don't know yet.
0: It does seem to be happening in steps. It's telling him what the symptoms he might experience are. Loss of motor function, cognitive dissonance, time slippage, for sure.
1: We've seen that.
0: Aphasia. And of course, within the episode, we get eyesight, blurring, hands shaking. Hale all the while has no idea this is happening. She is running her own important task, and that conversation that she has with somebody on the computer is critical.
1: Yeah, and that's something we're going to dive into with our full review. There's so much to talk about. I want to talk about Ford, but we have to save that because that's going to be too long of a convo.
0: But do you have any ideas on who you think that is? I mean, we know they're awaiting a package, which seems to be Peter Abernathy, that was supposed to be sent to them and wasn't.
1: I'm so glad to know that he's going to be back in this storyline. If you listen to our past episodes, even though he was only in the first two or three episodes of season one, he was so memorable and we wanted him back. Thank God we're going to get him back. But as far as the storyline and who it is on the other side, I can't even begin to start to guess at this point.
0: Someone new though, a new new character within the Delos board. And we know that they're not going to extract any of the people that are on the island until they get that insurance policy. So they are stuck there trying to figure out a way to deal with the rebelling hosts.
1: What if it was Logan, who's still alive? Probably not, though.
0: Hmm, Well, we do see at some point we're going to get some William, and I thought, now that we know the whole secret behind that and his connections, we would not.
1: You mean young William?
0: Young William. I guess we will continue to flash back to the past to figure out how this all came to be, and I like that.
1: Something I want to keep in mind throughout these episodes is that I believe that this is still Ford's main narrative. The question still is, are these hosts actually acting on free will, or is it just a really complex narrative that we're not aware of and actually no one but Ford is aware of?
0: Well, as I said, it seems like Dolores is still kind of acting on a narrative. As much as she thinks she's achieving consciousness, the way she's running around killing everyone seemed to be Wyatt's purpose. And Ford did tell them they're going to have to learn about their enemy and how to defeat them. She doesn't seem to have figured out the thing that she wants yet. So yeah, I am not convinced she has achieved that, whereas I do continue to question it more with Maeve. I also think that Mesh Network we learned about this time is going to continue to play a part in the future, this subconscious link between the hosts. And we know he was up to a lot more than anybody else had realized. Do you think he's responsible for that sea, that ocean that came out of nowhere? Was that part of his terraforming? Ford? Yes. Yes.
1: Oh, well, at this point, we don't have anyone else to point the finger at. So if anyone could do it, it would be Ford. Maybe it was Bernard, but he doesn't remember.
0: Yeah, they seem to think it was impossible, but that has to be key because it's where all of the dead, quote-unquote, hosts are found at the end of the episode that Bernard says he's responsible for. And that opens up a slew of questions. I have no idea where they're going with it, but it appears that the sea was created with a bigger purpose in mind.
1: So if Bernard was responsible for killing all these hosts, I can only presume that this happened between the gap we have so far with the past that Bernard was remembering, with Charlotte after the party where Ford was shot, and the host take control, and before him waking up on the beach.
0: Yeah, there's definitely got to be a significant period of time between then. There seems to be quite a few things that happened, and Carl Strand gives us a little bit of a time frame when he first shows up. He said most of the communications have been down for about two weeks, and they're still somewhat in the dark.
1: Wow, and that means that guests are still trapped there. It's two weeks.
0: Yeah, he says by the end, there are still hundreds of guests out there that he needs to help. So they're not all dead. We did kind of get that feeling that we were losing everybody walking around, dead hosts, dead humans. But uh, there's still people alive out there.
1: I'm surprised the government's not involved now. Just imagine if Disney World something happened and the animatronic Mickeys were killing people. And it's been two weeks, and there's guests still trapped there. You know the army would be there.
0: Well, how much do they know? I'm sure Delos is lying in their asses Uh, off. And we do know that there's some crossover, at least, happening between parks. We see at the end this Bengal tiger washed up on the shores, which is not supposed to be able to happen. It's from Park 6. They never had a stray cross park borders.
1: So crazy. So many questions already. And again, is that Ford's doing? Mm -hmm. his swan song, or is he still alive? Still wondering that.
0: I have to believe we saw evidence of that, you know, just one small little piece in that episode with the host boy, but I think that's one of many ways.
1: His conscience.
0: That he ensured his consciousness would live on.
1: Of course, right? And he's still going to play with the man in black. Oh my God, so we're getting ahead of ourselves. There's so much to talk about, but we're going to save that for our full review later this week, where we'll go over new faces and places. We're going to give our MVBs, Most Valuable Beings. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Podcast, where every week we're giving you the poll to vote for who your MVB is. And the poll is up right now. We've given you Maeve, Bernard, Dolores, and Carl Strand. So your time to vote. And this is our way of getting the Clatchers involved where we have a communicative portion of the podcast. You guys vote and you leave comments with your discussions on this episode. We talk about it here on the podcast and deliberate.
0: I can tell you Bernard is in the lead for right now.
1: Yeah, we just put the poll up. I'm really excited at how many people are voting already.
0: That's a good response. Everybody was enthusiastic. I know there was a lot of buzz about Westworld coming back. It's great to see that they did come back with a bang. The first half of the episode was a little bit quiet for me. They were setting up a lot of pieces, but that was very necessary. We did start to get some questions answered, which I was happy to see. And by the second half of the episode, they were revving up to get you excited for the rest of the season. And I think that demonstrates a good premiere.
1: Absolutely. I know that we won't be disappointed by Westworld. Too much time and money has been put into this. And so much talent is spread throughout this universe. So that and so much more. Later on this week, we'll give our reveries, which is our grading, in-depth plot analysis, and some things we should remember. Known commands for the bots and so much more. And remember, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can email us at contact at coffeeclatchcrew.com or tweet at us at ckcpodcast.com. Facebook, all the social media, or via our contact form at coffeeclatchcrew.com.
0: So not only just the poll, but you can leave us messages about why you are choosing your most valuable being, what your reverie rating is for the season premiere on a scale of one to 10, any fun facts that you might have about the show or behind the scenes things that we miss. And as always, your theories, no matter how wild and crazy we love to talk about that here on the full episode review, we will be happy to get into it. The interaction and conversation is part of what makes this Clatcher group so amazing. We look forward to another great season with you.
1: So till later on this week, this round's on me. This round is on me. (laughs) and try again.